Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another season of Turnover the Tape. My name is Keegan, and as always, I am joined by my good friend and fellow Suns member, Matt. Matt, how are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So this is the third time we're trying this start, guys. So hopefully we don't <laughs> screw it up this time. Um, and we're talking about the preseason for the Gold Coast Suns this week. Um, there's not a lot of news. There is one big piece of news which we've definitely hit on. You can probably guess what it is. But before we hit on that, we thought it might be as a bit of an icebreaker, a bit of a wind back into the podcast. Matt, I need a single highlight and a single sporting highlight for Australia or for yourself or whatever you thought was a highlight over the summer? Over the summer? Hmm. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is inevitably Boland taking six for at the G and watching England basically capitulate to four of his overs. He, he bowled the best T20 spell I've, I've, I've seen. But, I mean, as I said to you earlier, England are pathetic. I mean, he was just bowling stump to stump. <laughs> but wickets were just falling left, right, and center. Uh, there's, I can't go past that. That was just too destructive. Yeah, England were awful, but it was funny to watch one single person that bowls 130k stump to stump really just take them apart, which I I didn't get when I was watching. I'm like, you can probably do more with that, but apparently, apparently not. Um, my highlight was probably the Australian Open. There were, there were multiple facets of the Australian Open. It was entertaining on and off the court, really. Off the court, the Novak Djokovic scandal was hilarious. A lot of people said it was real, like a real death knell for tennis in Australia. I thought it was the most interesting thing that ever happened to tennis in Australia in the past five years. Uh, just, the, just the absolute sort of circus that went on and how everyone involved came out looking worse. Djokovic, yes. looked, like, Djokovic looked like a tool. Uh, tennis Australia doesn't look like what know what they're doing. The Victorian government looked awful for for giving him for supposedly giving him a pardon, and then the the Australian government letting him come in and then deciding when he's here, no, get rid of him just because they want a few popularity points to make it look like they're tough on immigration. So no one can never mind. Didn't well, never mind. They interrogated him at like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, and didn't even <laughs> get him a chance to look, talk to his lawyer. Just to just an old. Well, you've got two hours. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. You've got two hours to sort this out. Otherwise, we're getting rid of you. So, yeah. So, that was a highlight. And then, obviously, the more positive stuff was Ash Barty winning the Australian Open and then Kokonakis and Kyrgios winning the double. So, overall, a really um, a really strong um, strong summer for Australia um, in sport, which is, uh, which is nice to see. What's not so nice is our first topic for uh, the turnover of the tape this year, and that is the Ben King knee. Uh, was did it last week in training in a uh, no contact went down his knee crumpled and the next day we were confirmed that he had an ACL and he is done for the year first Matt I just want some sort of initial thoughts before we sort of dig into the repercussions a little bit more I mean you you saw the news article pop up and and the first thought is that it's just utterly heartbreaking Um, in, in a year where the pressure is going to be on on the Suns to perform in order to keep key members uh, in their playing roster in, in a year where you know Jews' career is on the line. Um, it's just, yeah, it's shattering, and I, I'm shattered for Ben King as well. I mean, this isn't a year out of his AFL life. You don't know how many you get. This is one taken away from him. Yeah, yeah, you feel for him because he's a young player. Um, what you do hope is his brother gets around him. 
because his brother went through something very similar uh, in his last, I think it was his last year of um, junior football. He did his ACL and basically wiped out most of his junior eight last, his under 18s year, and then pretty much all of his St Kilda, his first St Kilda year. So he does have a family member that has gone through it. So hopefully he gets that support. Hopefully the club gets around him with Butterick, players that have done their knee mm. recently. So you hope that they all get around him as well. Um, look, I think it. you can look at it two ways. Firstly, it's absolutely, it's absolutely awful. And ideally you want him out there because he's one of your best players. Secondly, though, I think it's actually it's going to be a big test of Stuart Jew's coaching ability. Can he can he get a tune out of some good some okay to good key forward players, but no stars like Ben King is? So can he get a tune out of Casbolt or Day or Lukosius or even Corbett or Chol? So there's a few options, you've, and I've named five right there that could they can all play forward, that can all rotate through the forward line. Can he can he put a structure together that's going to allow them us to kick a high enough score to win games of football? And the thing is, I think we have the tools there to be able to cover for this loss. The the fact that I imagine Lacocious pinging the ball forward, hitting a target, if they can put it through the sticks, like we have we have this team structure there that can account for this. Uh, I think you're completely correct in, in saying that Jew should be able to navigate the waters around it. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, although it got lost, <laughs> uh, the Wits injury is the far more critical loss last year because he was so integral to the structure of the team yeah. makeup. Whereas Ben King's at the very end of the process. Yeah. Um, it's something that you can more easily band-aid around. But, I mean, I, I still lament for Jew probably um, after Ben King. Um, it, it must be tough for someone who knows that this is the year that they need to, to prove themselves and, and your and your goal-kicking menace is gone. Yeah. it Like, I think just to sort of to go back over the Wits point quickly, um, the reason Wits was so integral was after Wits, there wasn't much. Like, we already had two – we had Zach Smith coming back from a knee injury, so he, was, he wasn't right. And then the other – and Conroy also had done his ACL as well. So there's two there's two injuries right there. So basically after after Wits, I was Burgess and um God bless Chris Burgess. Like I thought he he <laughs> he he had a he had a proper crack, but um but I just don't think that he he had the size to um to compete against quality, like AFL quality ruckman. Like when he was against other sort of undersized ruckman, he was fine. But against like your Max Gorns and your Brody Grundies and those sort of players, he he just didn't. He just never really, never really stood a chance. If yeah. if Wits injury happened this year, I wouldn't feel as bad because we have Chol, who mm. who spent a most of last year being Richmond's number one ruckman and doing a pretty good job. So I think this year we've got the coverage for that. But I think that the Wits injury last year was worse than the Ben King injury this year, purely on structure. I think Ben King's a better player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's a much better player than Wits. But I think structurally, I think Wits helps us in the middle so much and gets that drive out of the centre that we desperately need um, to go forward. What we do need to hope for is we need to hope for that our young, the small forwards in our forward line can kick goals. Because if they don't kick goals, then we're going to struggle. Yeah, this would be a good year for us to kick straight. Yeah, it'd be a good year for us to kick straight. It'd be a good year for Rankin to sort himself out. It'd be a good year for Ainsworth to finally 
deliver on all the potential, quote-unquote, potential that he's got. Um, and it'd be a good year for Lukosius to come barnstorming into the forward line and kicking an absolute bag. But they're all, it'll be interesting. I'll be very interested to see, more so now than probably a week ago when we thought Ben King was fit, I'll be interested to see what the practice games look like and how we do line up because in previous years, you probably would have gone, all right, we'll throw a few B graders in there. It's, it's preseason. We're just going to find out a couple, see if a couple of players can play certain positions. I think now with preseason almost over, I think Jew's going to have to almost expedite his structures into this new forward line. And he's probably going to have to play them in these practice games so they get enough time under their under their belt. Yeah, agreed. So anyway, that's that's sort of the negative part. The positive part is the scuttlebutt. I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it news because it's not. It's not been confirmed anywhere. But it, it has been said in the, especially in the Gold Coast Bulletin, which you know, objective newspaper, whatever, <laughs> um, that people around the Suns are more and more confident that Ben King will re-sign with the club um, for at least two years. Um, which firstly is great news. That's what you want to see. You, if, he, if he hangs around, it's a real positive sign. Um, you don't like it around when he's done his knee because you like you like him to play this year as well as the next two years. But if we could lock him down, that is still a big vote of confidence, regardless if he plays or not this year. Um, it's a big vote of confidence in how he, um, in the direction of the club and the direction of Stuart Jew as a coach. Mm. Uh, I actually suspect uh Ben King will end up re-signing. The rumours do sound pretty promising. And uh, as much as I never wanted Ben King to get injured, the fact that he's missing a year um, may hurt uh, prospects elsewhere. So the fact that we might, that we we have a deal on, on the table um, probably helps get that over the line. Not that yeah. I would want it to play out that way, but it, it might have an influence on the decision-making. Yeah. Some clubs might, some clubs might, look at him and go, oh, he's done his knee. We're going to sort of reduce the offer a bit or we're going to withdraw the offer completely. And you know, you don't know, I suppose. You're not you're not there. But I yeah. per, I reckon the Suns offer won't change. It'll probably be the exact same it was going to be anyway. I think he's too important to he's too important to lose. So we'll wait and see what happens. It sounds positive. This it it sounds a lot more positive than it did 12 months ago. Let's just say let's just say that. Um I think I think it sounds a lot more positive and the news sounds positive. So who knows? Who doesn't sound as positive is uh is the other, is his is his mate Jack Lacocious, who uh, what would I want to say? Well, how would I say this? It sounds like he's kicking the can down the road a little bit with he he just he's sort of putting off his decision. He's saying, I want to see how we go this year. Um, I want to see how we develop as a team, da 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 da. Honestly, to me. I think he's gone as good as gone. And I think this is just him looking for reasons to not to not have to come to that conclusion as early as this year. Yeah, as early I'm probably as a little bit year. more op- I'm probably a little bit more optimistic about that sort of thing. Uh, I, w- I would want to play in a team that is playing in finals, especially if I'd been there for several years. Yeah. Uh, it is the first time where you get the sense that he is starting to look elsewhere as yeah. part of what he's saying in the media. He, he sort of did the the classic Pat Cummins v. Justin Langer type of response where, you know, if you read between the lines, you could see pretty clearly what was actually being said. Yeah. I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. The, the funny thing is, is that if he has a big year, 
and we make the finals on the back of maybe he kicks inside 50 amazingly and we convert most of our chances. Him playing well might be the catalyst for him staying as well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, his flight risk has certainly increased. Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if if we for some if we somehow play finals, I think he stays. I don't think, or he he might still go. Who knows? Um, but I think if we play finals, he probably sees enough to at least sign on for another couple of years and to get into free agency, and then he may may assess his options. I mean, worst comes to worst, if we play finals, we should be able to be a little bit stronger at the trade table and pick yeah. someone else up as well. Yeah, hundred percent. So if if worst come, if if we make finals, and this is a big if. Um, but if we make finals and he still leaves, then we've still got enough. One, he's on pretty big wages, so that clears out, clears off more wages off the book. And two, we can use that money to bring in another key forward to replace him. And if you're in and around that finals position, you're. It's going to be a lot easier to convince players to come than it would have been twelve or eight or twelve or twenty-four months ago when we're sitting in the bottom four. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so back to positive news. We're sort of bouncing around a bit. <laughs> Um, Elijah Hollands re-signed, which is good to see. Uh, hasn't played for the Suns yet in the senior team. He's played a couple of VFL games, um, but he's a he's a real promising prospect, and um, it's good to see him sign on for another two years. Yeah, I mean, anytime we can retain talent, it's good. I mean, admittedly, I I wouldn't be able to pick him out of the lineup yeah. <laughs> at this point in time. Yeah. So if he's good enough, I hope he does make the firsts and, and show something. Yeah, so he's in the year he was drafted, he was actually, before he did his knee, he was actually tipped to go number one. And we ended up picking him up at number, I want to say six or seven. So so it's positive. It's definitely it's definitely a good player to keep around. And he'll probably look to be playing a lot more sort of forward with a little bit of midfield time in the sort of next couple of years and that in the hope that he develops into a full-time midfielder. And if he does reach his potential alongside Raul Anderson Miller um that would he would be he'd be an amazing asset also very good mates mate with mates with Alex Davies apparently so um which um, is which is good uh, I was just going to say that uh, people who know me might see this as a point of jealousy but he has something of a fairly rude mop <laughs> oh, uh, have, you, have you just have you just googled him as yeah. googled him looking at all that hair just thinking, yeah oh, that's some mop and then i look at myself and i go oh yeah, yeah. none so. none yeah and i was gonna say it's very very almost jeremy sharp like yeah yeah i would agree <laughs> yeah um so yeah so that's sort of the ups and the downs of sort of preseason so far there's some been some positives there's been some negatives but overall how Sort of just to wrap this all up, just for this little part, how do you feel about the Suns going into the season, Matt? Uh, I think I have like a sick case of optimism, e- even with the Ben King thing, but that might just be a personality disposition rather than anything the Suns have actually done. Yeah, I, I want to go into the season thinking that we can win nine or ten games, right? I, I understand that more may be required, but, I mean, I'm going to settle for vying for finals is is sort of where I'm looking to settle at at this point. I'm tired, Keeks. I just want the Suns to do well. (laughs) But despite that, I'm feeling warm towards the season. I've certainly missed watching footy. That's for certain. Um, I'm I'm ready for it to come back on. So am I. Uh, It's in that real dead period in February where it's sort of like, like I know there's like 20 international 2020 cricket games on, but I don't care. 
against Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> so, um, so actually, preseason games start next week, um, which is mm. good news for us with Ko because they're being played on Ko and nowhere else. So, oh, so um, Suns play Port Adelaide two o'clock next Friday, which I think is like the twenty fifth or something like that. So it's two p.m which is great for me because I don't work Fridays at the moment. So I can... It's, is it at Metricon? It's at Metricon, yeah. Oh, so, that sounds horrendous. 2, 2 p.m. in the well, afternoon well, up to be, here. To be fair, the other game that's being played at Metricon, which is between Brisbane and Adelaide, is getting played at 10 a.m. So oh. they're really kicking the dew off the ground. Um, Bloody hell. Yeah, so... <laughs> So yeah, look, I'll have something to do when I've got a baby napping on napping on top of me. I can turn it on. Um, so yeah, as I said, it'll be interesting to see how we set up because June needs to sort that forward line out and he's got limited time to do it. Um, yeah, I think overall for myself, sort of ask myself the same question about how I feel about the season. Um, look, I'm always optimistic at the start of the year. Until we get that first loss, I'm I'm pretty positive. Um, <laughs> What makes me feel a little bit more positive is West Coast seem to be losing players left, right, and center, and we might actually just we might actually get a pretty soft we might get a pretty soft West Coast team first up. Touch wood. Um, over that. over there, a bit harder, but it looks like they're they're missing pretty much a whole forward line. Um, are are like, we actually going to be over there, Keeks? I know the game's scheduled um, to be over there. I think they're WA without getting too much into West Australian politics. I actually think WA is probably going to open the border very soon. Um, their 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 COVID cases have spiked, so the, there's no real point at certain when it gets to a certain point. There's no real point for keeping the borders closed. But yeah, I reckon it'll be over there. Um, I actually read earlier in the week that the club's making sure that all the Suns players have had their three doses so that they can travel to WA. And I think they've all had three doses, so which is good news. Um, okay. Excellent. So while you did mention you want to see some Suns teams win a game, win a game Matt, there's actually a Suns team winning games at the moment. Um, oh, who's that? <laughs> and that's actually the AFLW team. Now, I'm going to say this off the top for anyone out there that are avid AFLW listeners. We are not an AFLW podcast. We might be one day, but at the moment we are not. So we could butcher this six ways from Sunday. So we apologize off the top. <laughs> I have been watching the girls whenever I'm at home and get a chance. Um, I've been watching many of the other games, but I have been watching the Suns girls. And without sort of picking out too many names, because mostly because I don't know too many names, we actually look like a competitive unit. I wish that our midfield was as tough as our girls midfield. The girls, the girls are currently leading the league in tackles. And okay. they're and they're and one thing I did notice is they're a lot, they look a lot more powerful than um some of the other some of the other girls that they play against and sort of can break a lot of tackles, which is okay. nice. Um and then you've also got a good forward line. You've got Tex Perkins. Do you know who that is, Matt? No, but it sounds I like think, an amalgamation I think of She's names. she's a pretty she's a pretty solid unit. Um, you probably would have recognised her if you see her. And then she, we've also got probably my favourite name in the AFL, which is Tara Bahana. Uh, and she and she <laughs> yep. plays centre half forward. And she's actually she looks looks like she could be in uh, line for the All Australian team this year for the women. So overall, uh, positive win three two at the moment. Positive record. Um, wins against Geelong. Wins against West Coast, which I was there for, which has actually ended up being a pretty good game. And then who else did we beat? 
Richmond. Richmond, that's right. We beat Richmond yeah. as well, which is always nice. It to seems like Richmond. our scores are pretty pretty strong as well relative yeah. to the comp. Like it, it, seems, it seems like we're kicking kicking goals pretty consistently, actually. So, yeah, so sort of things I've noticed is um, we're kicking a lot of goals. We're kicking a high score, which is good. And we're actually in, uh, are good to watch as well. Like we seem to have a real good running game up and going. Um, the only issue that we are having, and, I, and it was probably a bit more evident on Friday night, against Geelong was our defence is just okay. So we did control a game against Geelong. We did kick a high score, but we sort of didn't really sort of, we leaked a lot of goals at the back and Geelong got a few very easy, easy ones over the back. So that's probably fixable. Like it, 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 you can sort that out, but yeah, it's, it's good to watch a Suns team actually having a crack. They've got Brisbane tomorrow night um, at Metricon, I think. So if you're around, go down and watch. I'm, It'll be it'll be good. Brisbane premiers last year. This year don't look as strong. So look, the girls might get another win, go to four and two, and they're probably then really in the in the realms for finals, which you can't say for too many Suns teams in the past are in the in the mix for finals. They made finals in their first year, didn't they? They did, and then they got beaten by 80 points by Fremantle. So <laughs> so we if we make finals again, I want us to go a little bit better than that. But um, but yeah. Good, it's good. I AFLW, it's getting better. The quality is getting better. Um, really, I'm actually enjoying it. Um, I can't really say that about the first few seasons that I watched. Um, but also having a team in it also makes it a bit of a difference as well. Sure. Um, yeah. Overall, enjoying it. Winning. Good to see. Not an AFLW podcast. I'm sure there are there are some out there. And if you are more interested, you should go and source those ones out as well. And. With that, Matt, I think we might wind it up there for this week of turnover the tape and a rusty start, but I think we sort of warmed <laughs> into it as we as we got into it. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're doing all the preview stuff as we head into the season, looking at the fixture. That was our one of our probably more favourite episodes last year was just going through the fixture and going, mm. are we winning? Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Uh, we might even look at putting together a starting team for the first round. We might in, get a few more people in who are a bit more savvy in that area. I'm talking to you, Kane, if you're listening. Uh, And, yeah, and we've got a few. We'll have a few things lined up for the year. But we thought, first one back, let's sort of just get the cobwebs out a bit, very much like uh, like an Amy preseason game. We're getting out there. We're getting stretching our legs. We might miss a few targets, but by the time round one comes around, we're usually pretty primed and ready to go. So that's what this week was all about. So thank you for listening to this week. On turnover the tape. Matt, thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem. And we will catch you next week. Bye bye.